This episode is brought to you by Zola. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to zola.com slash brain candy. How did you know I was going to do that? I have no idea. What? We are in sync. It's actually getting weird. It is. Like, we keep doing things like we're one human. I think that, and now Susie is sitting over here looking at me with a brand new pair of specs on, (laughs) and don't you know I'm going to go get fill my prescription and get a new pair of glasses. (laughs) Can you get them similar, too? I will. Because I'm like, dang, those look good. I'm probably going to, like, measure them and try them (laughs) on and be like, I'll just take the ones she has. This is episode 230, everyone. Oh, I forgot we were doing a podcast. We are recording, Sarah. <laughs> she Hi, gets friends. real just... It's like Clark Kent, but the girl version. I, know. I put these glasses I on. I am... Yep. It's like the opposite, it's though. It's totally the opposite. Right. <laughs> it's like how like Clark Kent emerges from a phone booth. It's like you just went in, but I'm inside the phone booth being like, I love you. Come back. <laughs> Come inside and be with me. What do you want to talk about? Oh, Suze. Oh, my God. I got a Man. lot of stuff. Oh, you do, mm-hmm. huh? I really do. Um, okay, let me start with this. Yeah. Um, did you read about how the Truman Show, the movie, is 20 years old, which is hard to oh. believe? And obviously, you've seen it, right? Of course. Okay. And like, obviously, as somebody that was on reality TV, uh-huh. this movie is, uh-huh. it was prescient, really, yeah. because... It kind of predicted what's going on now, totally. in a way. Anyway, there was an article in, I think, Vanity Fair, where they interviewed Jim Carrey and all the people involved. In oh, it. interesting. It was really fascinating because they wrote the film and completed it, the script before the first Real World even came out, really? which I didn't know. Oh my gosh, I would have never guessed that. I would have think, I would have thought that it was inspired like a, yeah, by. Because like it didn't come out until my show was about wow. to premiere. So it took a minute, but how crazy that they yeah. like predicted. Isn't that kind of how it works though? That, that, what is the saying? Um, art predict, like there's a, there's a saying about. Life imitates art. Life imitates art. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so, um, he talked though about. He's Jim Carrey struggled with parts of it, and he felt like really drained by the process. And, Question: yeah. Did he do this before or after the the Andy Kaufman movie? Did he do it before. after? Before? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, that. Man in the Moon came out after. I was thinking Man in the Moon made him tired. Yeah, right. And that he did the, and that's why he was tired. That would be my guess. That was, uh, but that's not true because he did. Truman Show before. Yes. Mm. One thing that he said in the article was, um, like, he was disturbed when he did a scene in the movie where he's supposed to fall out of that boat. Yeah. And then the director directs there to be a big storm so that he almost drowns. And then he did almost drown in real life. Making that? Yeah. They had divers beneath him and the panic sign was a fist. And he was making, you can <gasps> see it in the film. He's making. Oh, the- for goodness sake, the panic sign needs to be something a little more obvious than a fist. Good point. That's like a reflex in many situations. Right. That's dumb. And the that's like your safe like- word is stop. 
Or the opposite of that. That's such a good point. That's like a really crappy one. Right. And he said that the divers either didn't see it or whatever, and he for real almost That's, died. And that is ter- a terrifying feeling. Right. There He's is, going down. I, I mean, uh, oh, that's a very scary feeling. It gives you too much time to think in those few seconds. They go on for too long. And he said that that experience of like almost dying and then having this film about... Uh-huh. Overexposure. Whatever. Yeah. And he said he thought... Did I just sign off to this whole thing, this whole idea of being a crowd-pleasing guy? Did I just sign out? I think I did to a certain extent. Like when he walked out of the Truman Show, you remember the scene where he walks off set mm-hmm. and closes the door? I'm about this. Yeah. And he said in a way he was walking out the door too and he was done being Mr. Ace Ventura. Yeah. You know? And he really did change after he that. Did. And you kind of point out yeah. the man in the moon is a I different... I think that almost is like a... Uh, but I watched that Andy Kaufman documentary, the Man in the Moon documentary, at the the Jim Carrey one. What is it called? It was so good. It was yeah, phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It is okay, so good. But I think he was going through an identity crisis that was that was happening parallel to this. That there was an overlap in his he, own personal journey to, you know, peace. Maybe. Yeah, but even just. I think a lot of actors are trying on... I mean, we've talked about... I think I've said this before. And I recently heard it in... You know where I heard it? On the... I finally watched the Howard Stern and... Uh, David Letterman. David Letterman. Yeah. Or no. No. The Howard Stern comedians in coffee... Cars... Comedians in cars getting oh. coffee. And he talks about how... Um, that's how comedians are. Yeah. Right, like you have to make a choice who you're going to be. and Yeah, and how, and he said that actors are, thank you, help me remember, actors are trying on many different hats, and comedians, like, they're, they don't know who they are, so they're trying on a lot of different hats. Comedians know exactly who they are, so, and it's so sad they have to make it funny. Yeah. And so there's a difference between, between being an actor who's funny and a comedian. They're not so the same. True. They're not the same. You could be a, a comical actor but it's different than a comedian and how jim carrey is an actor who's a comedian like a a, he's a comical actor who's trying really hard to figure out what it all means and who he is and what his role is in it all he says uh he it, it occurred to him that he felt i love you like meaning the public but I can't be what you want me to be. I'm going through the door. I'm bitter that you used me, yeah. that I was everybody's show but my own, and I was the only one that was left out of the joke, but I'm going to live my life now. Mm. And I was like, I get that. Yeah. Because when you're on these shows as well, there's a feeling of, oh, I'm everybody's uh, yes. like commodity. I feel like that too. Yeah. And that's why, for me, like this show has been such a savior because we get to yeah, you get be, be in the driver's seat. Yeah. But anyway, it's a fascinating article. Oh, man, that is article. so layered. Yeah, and, you know, the reality TV thing has changed so much over the years and obviously become a beast mm-hmm. that you, you can't itself, even unpack yeah. as yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. There's different whatever. But I thought it was interesting, and I cannot believe it's been 20 years. I think there needs to be, and I what I would really love for the future of reality television, it needs to unionize. There needs to be some sort of, even though it won't, Yeah. And but... The same way actors were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We are getting, like, the runaround here. Like, yeah. let's get, a, you know, all that the, sag. They let's get, get around that. that so well by 
getting people who will yeah. He, they would do it for free, right. including me. Absolutely. When I was 18, I would have been like, I'll pay you to get on your show. It's like now, but I watch these people who are co- uh, coming back on The Bachelor and things like that, and they're like repeat. You know, they come back for all these like... Yeah, I know a few of those. It, you know, yeah, <laughs> right? It just seems like there's no net. There's nobody looking out for these people. Right, and the, a lot of the people that make the shows... Com- Really, I think they truly believe mm-hmm. that why would we look out for you? This is an opportunity of a lifetime yeah. that we're giving they to you. They don't see the other side of it. Yeah, and I think it would be impossible unless you've been, you know, in that yeah. position. Well, because it's the same as, like, you know, social media or anything. It, it's whatever picture the production company or whoever is running it wants to paint. Yeah. They can make it look like it's all fun and games all the time. The same way people were like, whoa, you lived in such a cool house in the real world. And I was like, little do you know, every single screw was only screwed in halfway because they were in such a rush to make the set. I'm not kidding. Halfway screwed in. All the, every That's single screw. That's gotta be like a metaphor for something. It, it, it's gotta be. The paint, when they walked me in there, they walked us in there blindfolded for some reason. And I, all I could remember was the smell of fresh plywood, like freshly cut wood and fresh paint. The paint was still drying on the walls when they put us in our... And not only that, but they didn't even bother painting any more than seven feet off the wall. because. So you know when you use a roller and you can kind of see those uh, like natural edges of the paint roller when you don't tape off the ceiling? It was like that. Right. It well, was just painted up till seven feet. I mean, the symbolism, the of course, of some, them making something that just will last long enough to uh-huh. get you through production is obviously mm-hmm. true it's for the cast as for. well. Just be... You, You're just temporary. Be, yes. You fit the suit. Yeah. And we'll replace you with somebody new and shiny who's... Right, you know, a fresh paint uh-huh, coat. Uh-huh. A fresh coat of paint. That's really? totally true. By the way, Sarah. Yes. You're looking adorable. Thank you. You as like the shirt? I do. What is it? It was a Poshmark find. Okay. Did you get a deal? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, $5 is, like, what I'm paying for shirts. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Poshmark app is so cool, and we have tons of stuff listed in both of our closets. Sarah's I'm Sarah Rice, and I'm Susie Meister. I see a bunch of you are following my closet now. I know. Thank you for that. I know. I've been and following people stuff. back, like the Brainiacs. I'll follow them, follow them back because they have cool clothes, too. Yeah, and we always have like similar styles, like nerdy girls <laughs> dress alike. Unite. Um, if you want to try it, go to um, like iTunes or wherever and download the Poshmark app. You can create a closet if you want to sell stuff or you can just buy stuff if you're feeling like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they have women, kids, men stuff and you're, you can search by your favorite brands or like luxury bags if well, you want. I love that fancy. you create like a style profile for yourself with all your sizes in there. So anytime you go and searching, you go searching for anything, it automatically filters everything to only let you look at the things that fit you, yeah. the stuff you like. It's like, oh. Because that was a downside to other yes, options Yes, because it's I've like, tried. oh, I fall in love with this pair of shoes, but it's a size eight Nine, and yeah. I'm like not that. So, you know. If you want to clean out your closet, do it and put stuff on Poshmark. It's a free app. Um, and then use our referral code, which is I'm Sarah Rice at I'm Sarah Rice, and you'll get $5 off your first purchase. Um, our closets are up and running. We have stuff in there. If you want to buy our well, stuff, yeah, your jeans are real cute. Thank you, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's at I'm Sarah Rice and you get $5 off your first purchase and you can make an offer too. like pick what your 
prices that you want to offer and see what the buyer says. And sometimes they'll counter or sometimes yeah. they'll just accept it yeah. or give you a special discount. So give that a try. Why did they invite you in blindfolded? I don't it, know. Was that on camera? No, it was. I think what happened is we were like, there weren't a lot of places for them to shoot in Brooklyn, a lot of uh, like studio space for them to do interviews. So they wanted to interview us before we even met went anyone into the house. So we did our first interview they blindfolded us, walked us into the back room where we would do our interviews. I got interviewed, and then they walked me out. This is the craziest story. And I, the whole time, I'm like, okay, I can, I could, I could almost paint a landscape based on the smells I was getting. I was like, okay, we got new wood over there, so they probably just rebuilt. Like, and I was like, okay, I'm probably in like a warehouse because they had to add walls. I was like, and using like, what my, were the acoustics? They were. It was like a warehouse. Yeah, sound. I knew I could hear that. I was like in an open area that they built walls in. I was like, okay. And, and then when you're like in the house, I'm sorry, but this is fascinating because I wasn't on your show. Yeah. But like above you are just lights. Just like, and Set scaffolding lights. and yeah, like scaffolding. It's, like, well, we were in a where like a. It used to be a industrial ca- uh, uh, catering company, like a. Yeah, and I think it's, that's what it turned into. Or it was just on the wharf, and it was a big empty warehouse. And so it's exactly what whatever the ceiling looks wow. like. You know, all those pipes and not scaffolding, but like like the inside, the heart, the 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 guts, crazy of the building. You know what exactly what you'd see in like a cool LA hair salon where you're overpaying for a cut. <laughs> that. And did you ever go into the control room? No, the one time we were going to be allowed in was like this, the day, listen, Suze, you know how much of a rule follower I am. If you like, I don't, I have a fear of authority figures (laughs) really is it. So I have a big fear of getting in trouble, whether it's from the cops or like, I'm never doing anything bad. And I'm always like, Oh my God, what if I get pulled over? Like the worst, you know? So I'm always scared of authority (laughs) figures. So I was terrified of the authority figures that were the, the, what I thought were authority figures, the producers and blah, blah, blah. And so they gave us the opportunity to go. So I never broke the rules. And so they gave us the opportunity to go back in the control room. We were going to do like a meet ever, meet all the crew, you know, blah, blah, blah. And on the final day, you're saying? Like the day before the final day. And we all got in a huge fight that day. So in the five minutes before they were going to bring us back into the control room, a big old fight with all the roommates breaks out. And what were you fighting about? We were fighting. I mean, it was like JD, and it was when he smashed the table and got mad at me for, you know. What had you done? I, I don't know. I I still don't know myself. <laughs> but That's so I'm sad. not really sure. I think what what I think what I was mad at is that I really tried to bring everybody together. <laughs> like I had made this. I had like. You know, I'm all like art therapy and I like brought this big, I bought this big piece of canvas and I was like, oh, we're all like, we're all do different sections of it. The section that I, I like allocated to Ryan from the show, Mm -hmm. he cut, took a butcher knife too and cut his section out. Why? And I was like so sad because I'm like, not only did you like, that's like super insulting to me, but you ruined it for, you destroyed this camp. You, other people, everybody else put their work into it and you cut a hole through the middle. What was his motivation? And he was like, that's my contribution or like, I don't like whatever. Like that's, he, I I don't know. He, he, we, it it was not good. So he didn't go into the control room as a result. And then we got in this huge fight and the, the, basically the producer was like, this is, this is gold. Get cameras. Like we want, we, 
they didn't have enough time to, you know, wow. They 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 what do you call it? Like rallied the troops because they're like, guys, guys, come out, you know, and come out, just stop like relaxing back there, thinking it's your day off, and they're gonna come hang out with you. They're in a fight. Come film this. No. Yeah. So. And that we was that. that. And then I never got to see the control room. Wow. So there you go. All right. Well, yeah. that was an interesting tale behind the scenes of the, <laughs> the real world. You know I'm always happens. shocked by what I still don't know. All the cast oh members God. I interview, yeah. all the There's stories so much I've stuff. heard. But everybody has months worth mm-hmm. or sometimes years worth yes. of their own version uh-huh. of the story. And it's always different. Every single... You could ask Ryan. He'll give you a different version of how that happened, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, and, I was just fed up. I was like fed up with them doing stupid shit. I was fed up with rats in my bed. I was fed up with everything. Yeah, when I watched those pranking ones, I was like, boy, mm, that wouldn't work out that for I me. I was like, not. I know you were involved. I hate pranksters. I know. It's one of those things if you can't beat them, join them. And I was like, look, we're not. This is. I thought it was going to be like a. But it never. It always escalates. It did. Oh, that's it. Is they can't. It always escalates. Boys are the worst. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Any hoodles? Any hoodles? Um. Did you? Are you excited about the new blue color crayon? What? <laughs> Can they even top cerulean? <laughs> my god! This literally is a new blue that was discovered by scientists. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Uh, right now, I have goosebumps. I'm so excited. I didn't even know I could be this excited about a new color. There's this, because there, this is deep, man. Yeah. Because did you even just hear yourself? I know. New color discovered by scientists. Right. That's like saying, hey, you know all those cool colors you see? There's more, but you don't even know about them yet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not a naturally occurring blue. It's, they had to create it through like um, metal Oh. Like combinations of metal and synthetics, and what okay, does it look like? it's beautiful. I bet it is. You should pull it up. I bet the fact that we can't make it nature makes like it. Yes, it's why it, the same thing. Why it's rare so things rich are beautiful and to us? Right. Okay. 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 So this was, a few years ago is when they came out with that they discovered the blue, and um, it was it's the first part of me is like I don't want to see it. What if it doesn't meet my expectations? It's pretty. And blue is a fascinating color because here's what I don't get it. We've talked about this before. It's all in across cultures. Blue was the last color <gasps> to word. be seen. Right. But it's right. in the sky. And that's what's a little <sighs> but weird. Like, is it right? That's the thing we like don't know. Right. But the, it's this thing. If you guys haven't heard our episode where we talk about colors and we it's watch the video, one. you have to go back and listen to it. It's so good. It's like a mind bender. It's really will make you think like what's what true are, i felt the same thing about that stupid laurel yanni thing i'm like what am i hearing what's true what's because mm-hmm. we're arguing different colors we're like yeah that's so crazy to me still that cult- certain cultures don't like tribes cannot see those colors yeah what? oh in this color in particular they're excited about because unlike cobalt which Mm -hmm. was the previous last blue that they came out with yeah your traditional uh, blue if you will this one is stable it reflects heat and it doesn't fade so they're super stoked about it and now it was optioned or whatever you call it by crayola so they're making a crayon out of it and they need you to name it well they said they already named it what be blueful 
Did, when did this happen? They were it, just it asking says, for the name like two days ago. Crayola announces new color name. When is that? Oh thing? no, September fourteenth. That's way lo- old. It's a new one. Beautiful. It's a new one. Yeah. Also, that's a dumb name because I can barely say it. You usually love puns. Yeah, but I don't like that one because it's too easy. Yeah. That's a gimme. Right. That's like, hey Lincoln, what should I call this? I don't know. Beautiful. Okay. Well, it'd be really cute if you said it, but Crayola, you got a bigger staff than that. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm really glad you're happy about I'm that. I'm really, really, really happy. Um, Not so happy that they just decided to toss out the color dandelion. Oh, they why? They got rid you of that, that one. one? Why it are you sad about they're it? Re- they're replacing the dark yellow. Oh, so you know how they have packs of like 64. When a new one comes in, old one got to kick the curb. Yeah. So they can't make new boxes. No, they and they can't be like, oh, this is gonna be a pack of sixty-six crayons. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, and they or can't 65. get rid of any of the skin tones. Right. So they got rid of dark yellow, dandelion. I think it was time. You know what? You can like mix yellow and brown. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. You can also mix um, water and liquid IV, and you get a delicious super hydration. Super hydration. My husband's been all about those since he got ugh, food poisoning in Mexico. Right. It's I'm great pretty for sure they're you're keeping sick. him alive now. <laughs> Liquid IV is so great because it comes in these uh, powder packets that you can take on on an airplane or if you're like uh, Landon and you're coming back sick, you can take it for that or help prevent jet lag. My kid loves it as an alternative to like juice or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. because it's it's got vitamins and potassium, all this stuff that's good for them instead of like sugar. It's non-GMO electrolyte drink mix, vegan free of gluten, dairy, and soy. And here's what's crazy. It has the pro- provides the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water in just one bottle or yeah. one glass. So why are we drinking any of them? I know. I love Liquid IV. I know you will too. My son loves it. Right now our listeners get 20% off Liquid IV. Uh, it's at liquid-iv.com. When you use our code BRAIN at checkout, that's 20% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Go to liquid-iv.com and enter promo code BRAIN to get your savings and start getting better hydration. Or if you're hungover, I know you people. Uh-huh. Uh, that's liquid-iv.com, promo code BRAIN. Don't wait. Get hydrated today. I mean, for all those people out there doing like six shots of tequila like crazy person. We know how you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've heard about you cast members, <laughs> one in particular. Um. Yeah, so that's fun. What else do you want to talk about? Ooh, I've got some trivia for you, okay. but i got to pull it up. Let me I see where it is. I am all about that. It's B trivia. You mean the insect? Yeah, not the letter. Okay. Um. Let me find it. I don't know a lot about bees. In fact, until recently, mm. I didn't even know like the difference between a wasp and yeah. a hornet. Well, that's what I was so shocked at because I was fo- I follow this great um, website called oh dang, what's it called? It's called like oh attention.com. Do you okay. follow them? No. Oh my god, you should. They give you all like the they're totally would be fans of the Brain Candy podcast. I know it. Um, but as I was following them, they were like, hey, what do you know about bees? Do you know these things? And I was like, no. <laughs> Looks like I know absolutely nothing about bees. And so I wanted to ask these trivia questions to you and see if you got them. Okay, so the first one mm-hmm. is. I'm not going to get these. You are. How much honey does the average worker bee mm-hmm. produce 
and I'll give you two options. Okay. Uh, it takes a group of honey meat. Uh, okay, okay. How, okay, <laughs> let me find it. What's how happening? many honey? How many? How much honey does the average worker bee produce in her lifetime? Is it two pounds or one twelfth of a teaspoon? What? One two, bee? Uh, yeah, one bee. Two pounds or one twelfth of a teaspoon? We're going. I guess I would have said two pounds. Also, what I said. Not true. One twelfth of a teaspoon. That is not very much. I know. That's a lot of work for a very little payoff. Okay. Ready for this next question? Oh, my God. It takes a group of honeybees. How many pounds of flour to produce one pound of honey? You mean flour like the plant? Yes. So it takes a group of honeybees 200 pounds of flowers or 2 million pounds of flowers to produce one pound of honey. Come on. There's no way. Go ahead, say it. It's not. It is. Two million? Two million pounds of flour to produce. Look, that's the answer right there. That cannot be true. On their website. Yes. Sarah, come on. It's true. I don't even think the earth has two two million. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Last one. Not last one. Second to last one. Which bees have stingers? The males or the females? Males. No. Come on. I thought all of them were male except the queen. The females. Is that false? I just told Lincoln that. You're telling me... No, the worker bees, they just call her Aren't they all Mm -mm. men? You're kidding. Some of them are ladies? Yeah, and the queen bee only gets her name like that because she's, like, bigger. Like, it's not... What? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of weird things about bees that we think we know, but it's actually, like, you have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. I am upset. Now I'm going to have to read a book about bees. You probably... How am I supposed to save them if I don't even know what they're all about? Mm-hmm. True. I truly believe that all the worker bees or drones or whatever they call them were boys. And then that one lady was like, fucking all them. Mm-hmm. Not true. Jeez. Well, that's a relief for her then because yeah. I was really... Hold on no. a minute. Hold on. And hold on. they Sa- also Sarah? say... Hold on. This just in. <laughs> you know almost nothing about bees. Thanks. And everything you do know is wrong. Not you. Okay, go All ahead. of you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It says when I look up facts that the average worker bee produces only about a twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in her lifetime. So I also think that all those worker bees are all female. We have not been getting enough credit. Oh! Don't even get me started. I mean... <laughs> We're outraged. Gosh. Female bees should definitely be wearing shirts with, like, feminist angry fists on them. Be like... <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write that down. Okay, so a colony of bees consists of 20,000 to 60,000 honeybees and one queen. Worker honeybees are all female and live for about six weeks and do all the work. Well, who the hell, what the hell are the men doing? And why do they die so soon? They better say taking care of the baby bees. That's the only answer I'm okay with. <laughs> wow. They're in the nursery. You are blowing my mind. And the only mind. reason that they call it a queen bee is because she's a larger and she lives for five years and it's her role to fill the hive with eggs. You would think, okay, so it is a lady. So, yeah. That's so she's like, the queen bee is just the one who's like making okay, all the bees. They're, they're all also her babies. calling her a queen because she's a lady. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. So the queen bee is not a dude. It's not like that. Gotcha. No, it's not just like who, he who sits That's in the why throne I is you a queen. Blowing my no, mind. no, no. The queen is definitely. But the workers can be one or the other. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. lay eggs as well. Well, no, it says that the worker is, the workers are female. So what the fuck are the boy doing? Boy bees doing? Right. Like for real, what are the boy bees doing? Because it doesn't say that in I here. I think these are all good questions. It does say that they communicate with one another by dancing, which. 
so do we. <laughs> I love everything about bees so She's far. Like Sarah. <laughs> That's how she communicates. Oh, my bad dance moves. That was really good trivia. Yeah. Thank I you I couldn't for believe the one-twelfth of a teaspoon thing. It's not enough because, you know, we waste honey. Uh-huh. We're just putting it in everything. I know. Little did we know. Just so many bees. It's like gold. They do call it liquid gold. They do? Somebody does, I'm No sure. wonder. Yeah. Oh, my God. See, this would have been a perfect transition to liquid IV. Oh. And I really didn't know. You know what else is liquid gold? Right. There you go. That is it. You can put that in Dang really it. Hard. Oh, well. It um, wasn't half bad before. I was reading an interesting article about the psychological allure of karaoke. Oh. If you'd like to hear about that. Is there anything that says why certain cultures love it way more than others? Hold on. Say that again. Is is there anything in there Sorry that says that. why certain cultures love it more than others? Or oh, is, that's a very good point. They did know? not bring that up. Because um, you're referring to like Japanese culture. They love it. <laughs> they dragged my husband to a karaoke and he just was like... That's so cool. And I was like, dude, didn't you sing? Hello, living on a prayer. They <laughs> Right, that is very popular there. Uh-huh. They didn't mention that. Hmm. But they, uh, well, well, like, what? Tell me about... They were just describing how... Maybe we can make some assumptions. <laughs> right. Okay. Or correlations that are very loose. They were describing how the act of singing, mm-hmm. as you're familiar, uh, produces endorphins. Yes. It's really good for your, you know, just <sighs> feeling happy. Yeah. And so that is something that people are drawn to. That feeling that you get when you sing. Okay. And then um, that because it, let's say you normally, if you're comparing it to like just going to a bar. Yeah. It's hard to like meet somebody because you're like, how do you break the ice? But like karaoke, there's a lot more of that like, oh, you did good. I love that song. Or And there's also the factor of... People tend to sing along with the person, uh-huh. and when you do that... Collective effervescence. Yeah, it's just like being at church. Yes. Because you're singing at the same time, the same song. And they're getting excited weird... about it. That shows you the importance of your karaoke song pick. True. I feel like I need... I mean, I know It's Raining Men is a fantastic <sighs> if choice. If we do... Uh, that, that, that we have to do a duet. Of the problem with it is that it's, it's a very a hard song to sing, because those... The Weather Girls really had some power voices. Yeah, but here's the deal. Is that really what karaoke singing is about? I don't know. I'm going in there singing bad. They said this song bad? Or No. Oh, oh but good point. <laughs> Fair question. It's like I had no idea I'm you loved Michael poorly. Jackson. Okay. But I do love Michael Jackson. What's your song, though? That you uh, I have a couple go-tos. Walk Like an Egyptian. Mm. The divinals, I touch myself, depending on the crowd. If Why? it's a late night crowd. You're kidding me. Oh, because it's so funny. And Get out of here. You're bold. I've only done karaoke twice in my life, and those are the two songs I sang. <laughs> so. My sister always says, she's never gone to karaoke, but she's like, I would choose. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says she would choose, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> I'm like, why? She's like, it's a really good song. That's great. Maybe. They were saying in the article that one of the most popular choices is Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know, and that people really get into it. But you know what? That is a good sing-along one. Everybody loves going, yeah, 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 I don't know. And they were saying that because you likely, if you choose that song, are singing it about somebody, 
that people can relate to that because uh-huh. we've all had a breakup totally. or whatever. Anytime I get mad at my husband, I'm always like, oh my God, if I did karaoke, I would totally karaoke this Beyonce song right now and I would sing it to him and I'd look right in his eyes. So do you think, Never like, what scenario. would you choose though now? Uh, oh, now? Yeah, like, or like when I'm in a fight. third time. Um, now, well, geez. Now I, oh, you know what else is a really good karaoke song? Uh, I, I pr- Pretty much anything by um, Journey. Johnny Cash, oh. I think, for me is good because like mm-hmm. I can sing that range. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I always like that song "You Can Leave Your Hat On." What is that? Oh, it, I think it's Joe Cro- Crocker, Joe, something Crocker, something like that. Cocker. Cocker. No, is that his name? <laughs> no, no. You just wanted to say Cocker. <laughs> Cocker. I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> But if you were to meet somebody, though, at karaoke, and you were to get married, oh. then you'd have to register through Zola. Yeah. Because... For only karaoke equipment. <laughs> you could. Yeah. That's what's funny. Oh, my God. You could totally go on Zola, and you can register for a karaoke machine, and, like, probably from another place, like, a seating for your guests yes zola is awesome because it's a one-stop shop for registering for your wedding you can plan your wedding and register there they have a gazillion brands that you can choose from so you're not limited to one store or one brand and it's super convenient makes it fun unlike how it usually is you can get really nice stuff you can also do like gift cards for travel like if you want to do a honeymoon thing or food and wine subscriptions you can do a group options for the big ticket items so that all your friends can get together and buy you something you really want and uh, it's free and they have a wedding suite that where people will help you free yes well heck why aren't you doing this if you're getting married not only that but to sign up with zola you can receive a 50 dollars credit towards your registry so basically they pay you exactly (laughs) go to zola.com slash brain candy and that's z-o-l-a dot com slash brain candy and you get 50 bucks and it's, like, really easy for guests as well. So that's fun. Awesome. Um, okay. So, oh, and the other thing I want to say about um, karaoke is that they say that whenever you're at karaoke now, you tend to not be on your phone. Oh, totally. And so you feel that suspension of reality where you're escaping all the noise of the outside yes. world, which I thought yes. was interesting and a new development. You know what? And I would add to that that... When you put yourself out there and when you are vulnerable in yeah. front of people and you're well-received, which is what happened in karaoke. Nobody's like, oh, good. You're mm-hmm. doing – everybody's nervous to go up there, but everybody's well-received. I mean, I've never, like, been a, a bad karaoke audience member because you all know that you're going to go up there at some point, too. They did say that as well. And that yes. the audience tends to be really kind yes. and supportive of yes. whoever is brave enough so to it do like it. So it, like, would pull everybody together. People should go do karaoke together if they're, like, having a bad time getting along. <laughs> I know. Well, I always... The one time that I went, I noticed that it's a lot of regulars. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you kind of feel like, are you busting in on their scene? Yeah. Well, listen... I mean, I that, got some pipes. I don't want to... You do. I don't want to She sure does. I don't want to make intimidate people. But then there's, like... The, I went to karaoke once... Uh, on Ventura Boulevard, it, there's like a famous karaoke bar that everybody goes to. A lot of set people, like a lot of crew people. So mm-hmm. I was like, maybe you've been. Um, uh, but there was this woman who was a regular and took it way too seriously and was like waiting for her break. Like it's somebody's going to come in. But she always chose to sing songs that were 
like Whitney Houston style, oh, whatever. Okay. But not I want to dance with somebody. Uh-oh. Like we're talking I will always love B-side you. track that you've never heard of Come that happens on. to showcase her voice in a very special way or like some song that is very obscure that was like Amy Grant from, you know, wherever. <laughs> And Amy Grant. It was, That's it's such like a good that. reference. Yeah. It was like that. Like where baby, you're like, baby, yeah. <laughs> take it with emotion. I love that song. I mean, 1992, <laughs> is it? Yes, that what probably you was. You were like 10. Stop for a minute. Oh my God. Maybe that should be our song if we go to karaoke. That's good. That's a good one. I mean, right after we do it, it's raining then. Do you want me to talk about the guy that created the Pink Flamingo? What? We know who is the creator of this? Yeah. Dude, Suze, I was at, you know, my favorite store, the 99 cent store, and almost got a whole party's worth of, like, every single accessory, all flamingo featured, like, themed. Oh, that's Because I'm cute. like, they're so adorable. Right. But I'm like, have no flamingo themed party planned. So I would just be <laughs> buying it to putting it in my storage. <laughs> but you know how I have a theory about last names. Oh, what's his last name? Wait, wait, wait. I gotta guess. It's going to be something tropical or, wait, wait, something tacky. No. No? No. What is it? Featherstone. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, what's the word for bird that's not bird? Like Avian. A- yeah, 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 a- yeah, yeah. Avian. Something yeah, like that. Like Avarian or something. Or like, yes, Featherstone. An Featherstone. And he's, come on. He's no longer with us, but he only died a few years ago, and he... Is so cool because, by the way, this was posted on the Brain Candy Crush by one of our listeners. Oh, cool. And she was like, I knew Susie would be into this. And I am because he was like a guy that didn't take himself seriously and was in on the joke. And so it, the article was great because it explained how he was in design school. You know, he had officially, you know, studied the art of flamingos design architecture just all that stuff but like he wasn't super into it but he was like i gotta get a job and it happened that the company that was hiring was like a lawn ornament company yeah they wanted a designer right and so they hired him and he in his career made 600 over 600 lawn ornaments but he's most known of course for this flamingo they told him they wanted a flamingo. The and polar so, bear wasn't really a go. People weren't <laughs> he did make on. Santa Claus. Okay, there you go. Uh, and he, luckily, National Geographic had done a story on flamingos, so he modeled it after those pictures. Oh, and cute. it took off in middle America, like, mm-hmm. you know, suburbia. People who were very far away from flamingos and probably were like, I want to bring a little bit of the tropics to my... Yeah. Yeah. And rich people mocked it. But uh huh, almost like kitsch. Yeah, and like, thought it was an evidence of bad taste. Mm-hmm. And but now of, they embrace it. Yeah, instead of being offended by it, he thought he said, "Hey, before that, only the wealthy could afford to have bad taste." Because oh, if you look great. at like a lot of totally. wealthy people's oh. houses, you're like, "What are you Grecian? Like, yeah. what is going on there with the pillars oh, or for whatever?" Sure. Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's house is like that too. I'm like, "Do you have too much money?" Right. Because you make poor design choices with it. He's like, why can't we have some fun and put some silly stuff in our yard? Yes, I love it. And then it became associated with gay pride through the John Waters movie where it was featured. Oh, totally. And at his funeral, he was draped in a flamingo pink sheet. I love this. He really embraced it. And he and his wife 
always dressed alike on purpose. They thought it was funny. And they had they a lot of... our previous episode. <laughs> they did mommy and daddy fashion. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, they did a lot of um, flamingo-themed outfits I love that. Stuff. It's very like... Um, oh, what's the name of that photographer who was like from the 60s and photographed all the lifestyle people from Palm Springs. It's so fantastic. I don't know who you mean, but I would be really Oh, you would love it. I'm going to show you some of his photos. It's very... Along those lines, I also read an article about how tiki bars are coming back into fashion. Yes, that's what I'm saying. With the, all yeah. the flamingo stuff is like super in. It's like that throwback. It's like mid-century modern party summer. Like summer, yeah. Yeah, Palm Springs. Right. It's like that era. They retro. were saying like when it fir- when tiki culture first came around, you know, the middle mid-century, as you say, that it was because all the soldiers had come back from the oh. South Pacific and oh, Asia. Oh, that's exactly what it is. And like Polynesia, and they came back with all these exotic stories and like tiki's and the hula girls and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was also a way of like escaping the tough reality of going back to life. And totally. now a lot of people feel that way politically and culturally. It's a really tough time, I think, in America. And the tiki thing is a way for us to escape it all over again. Totally. Slim Aarons. That's the name of that artist. Is a man's name? Yeah, Slim Aarons. And it's like this really cool throwbacky photographer. I mean, yeah. I think it's cool. And I, I, obviously, because we it's moved like into that. style. Oh, right. Yeah, you would love it. I would love it. It's I should follow you. that like on Instagram, that yeah. hashtag. Yeah. Because since we moved into this mid-century house, I've been just more aware of when I see that mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's such a cool time in sure American is. history. Yeah. I mean, minus all the... Oh, I don't want to go back to right. it, but the look. <laughs> With the look we the, like. The colors and just <laughs> yeah. sort of the style. Yeah. I guess it's back in fashion. We went to this... Um, antique shop and they were saying like it basically is determined by who's dying a lot because then you get all their stuff yeah oh my god you are so right that Mm -hmm. those are the estate sales Mm -hmm. because my grandmother the one i do not really have a relationship with on my father's side oh my god i know she has not changed anything from her house and she has those old tulip chairs that like are They're like white and they almost look kind of like an egg, but also like yes. a tulip. Yes. And they have like bright colored cushions. Like she had bright yellow cushions. She even has those chairs where I would you can like cozy sc- up to her. Uh, right. <laughs> you can scoot all four chairs in and they like fit perfectly under the table. And there's like a whole look to that. Like, I love that. Everything's like Kelly green color, that like kind of green that's like baby it's so distinctive but i love it avocado color yeah but that's what it is like carpet those people are dying and so their crap gets taken to antique shops and stuff and so then you get used to seeing it again and you think oh that's cute Uh like a 10 years ago i would have been like that's ugly well there's also something i think that that plays to our like nostalgia where because those are the things we saw in our grandparents home or like an echo of that yeah in our grandparents homes that when we see it again, it's like familiar but new. Yeah. And people love that. That's so they true. They like fall for They're like, oh my God, this looks just like... Like even Tupperware at the um, Long Beach Antique Market, they oh. have that... There's one stand that's uh-huh. all the retro yep. Tupperware. And yeah. I'm like, that's what my mom had. Right. And we like love it. Remember when they used to make them burp like that? I remember when yes. the Tupperware like, parties were at my I'm house. I'm going to write that down. I still have the Tupperware... Um, which was my favorite buy. That my I was like, Mom, you have to buy this whole set because of this one salad or uh, taco bar 
Like, uh, I know exactly it's like what you're around to. with the hole in the middle and there are all the stations. Yes. yes. We owned that and it was my favorite thing we ever owned. I it's was like, probably in her storage. It's in my house. Oh, <laughs> I was like, no one's getting rid of that ever. It's perfect. That's you can awesome. put the lid on it. You take it to a, anywhere you go. You got a whole taco stand right there. <laughs> I love it. It's genius. Nobody makes that these days. I'm going to need a picture of that. Yeah. I hope I can find it. Oh my God, you might not be able to find it. I hope I can. I know that I saved it. All right. So I'm going to hunt for that. Or I'll be buying a new one on eBay. <laughs> and, and when you're buying it, make sure to also buy uh, that three-step acne wash that we both love so much. Oh, Bio I don't Clarity. need to buy it. I got a full thing just sent to my house a little bit ago. We were just up to our friend Mariana about it oh, because yeah. I get texts a lot from like my friends in real life and they're like, God, tell me the truth. Do you yeah. really love BioClarity? Because <laughs> I get it. I mean, there are a lot of options right. and you don't want to waste your money. And I always am like, I really love it. And I do say, you got to be in the routine. You got to be committed and wash your face every day, right. you lazy ass. <laughs> but it's so awesome. And now they have, in addition to the uh, clear skin routine, which I use because I have problem skin, they also have the essentials routine for people who have better skin and they just want it to glow and look even better. It's cleanse, restore, hydrate. They have uh, Floralux in it, which is that stuff in plants. So it's soothing. It doesn't inflame your skin. And it's delivered straight to you. It's easy to use. Three-step skin scare root scare. Yeah. Which <laughs> where are we going there? Skin care. <laughs> Boom. See, <laughs> <laughs> so your skin was scared right into this routine. It's 100% vegan plus gluten and cruelty-free. Get started on a healthier habit with your skincare. You go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for 50% off. A routine plus shipping is also free, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter our code BRAINCANDY. That's bioclarity.com, and our code is BRAINCANDY. What are you going to say? I know you're going to cry. No, I just... Well, you know, I mean... The reason why I say that is I see her, like, getting out these emotional things. Because I was just thinking, you know, before we, we, like, get into anything else, I wanted to make sure that I give a shout-out to the wonderful Brain Candy Brainiacs, who are part of the Brain Candy... Well... Some of are part of the Brain Candy Pen Pal group mm-hmm. who wrote me the, the sweetest card that I will be saving forever and ever and ever and will be looking at if I ever feel like I'm having a bad day. Danielle, Meg, Amanda, and Molly, and Brienne, you were so sweet for sending me what you sent you. You sent me. I can't She even, cried. I cried. I cried. So I just <laughs> wanted to give a total shout out to you guys and say how much I love you. They were very and, sweet. like, you guys, like, just touched my heart. And a I just, lot of I'm people. I'm so grateful for the Brain Candy Brainiacs out there. Well, and they were grateful to you for sharing about your miscarriage and your pregnancy And issues. that's friendship, man. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, we feel really lucky. Oh, I'm so lucky. And we also feel really lucky because we have a guest on today. Woo! Sarah was involved in this interview, which is always fun because sometimes we can't coordinate it like that. Uh-huh. And... This author, Jana King, was one of our book club authors. Oh, I'm so excited about this interview. Yes. Yes, I loved her. Her book was called is called The Season Airs, and we really recommend it. It's a great it's good. summer read. It's such a great uh, beach read yes. or, you know, just a perfect for this weather because it's about these socialites that go and get hired as like brand influencers. Mm-hmm. But then it's crazy because it's like a whodunit. And then mystery. Right. And Woo! that's what's fun is like it's relatable because we all know these brand influencers uh-huh. and stuff. But then 
there's also this like, OMG, I have no idea what's going on. And I don't usually read fiction, and this one got me. So Susie loved it. She's amazing because she has written for all different kinds of shows. And at the time we interviewed her, hadn't even read the book yet. And so we were just talking about her career in writing and how she does it and the mechanics of it. And then like how she's able to write in the voice of, say, young people. Because she's got kids Mm -hmm. that are young, uh, teenage and young adult age. But how is she successfully sounding like them? Mm -hmm, So. mm -hmm. It was a fun interview to do, and we really recommend the book. The season airs. You should check it out. And join our book club. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A bunch of you guys have been joining, and you listening should join as well. We are reading some really, really great picks this month, picks that are going to be turned into movies later, so you want to hop on board and read them with us and gab about them so that later you can our be like, are so oh, fun. you know what? The book was better, because yeah. everybody <laughs> loves doing that. Be snobby about it. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to the show, Jana. Hi. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to talk to you. I'm sad, though, because yesterday I got your book, so I normally like to read the book, of course, before I speak to the author, but this time I'm going in blind. That's a good way to go in. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, but I am super excited to read it because the premise sounds really great. Can you explain to the audience what the book is about? The book, it's a... A novel about brand ambassadors, young 20-something brand ambassadors that spend the summer, this particular summer, in Nantucket representing a clothing line. They get paid big bucks to party, hang out on the beach, wear cute clothes, and, uh, pardon me? Take pretty pictures. Take, and that's the whole thing, is that they have to post everything on social media, like their whole life is curated on social media. And uh, it all looks great and pretty and fun and amazing on the surface. And then shit just goes down pretty hard. I'm surprised, like what made it, what made you think this is what I want to go for since it's like, it's almost kind of a new thing, the brand ambassador. Well, I think some people don't even know that it is a thing. Oh, the funny thing is last night I talked to a woman who said she's on a dating site and that the guys actually write no brand ambassadors. Oh. So yeah, that it is uh. like, I guess for some guys, it's a type of girl that posts all the time. And I think it's like something that's come up during dating. She literally just told me this last night. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. There is. Yeah. The whole scene, right, where these people, a lot of women, but also men, will, you know, take all these flashy pictures and be representing different brands and promoting different things. And your book kind of explores that, you know, things are not always as they seem, right? Yes. I think that things are almost never... <laughs> <laughs> they seem really, I mean, that's the way I like to write is that, you know, there's stuff underneath anything that looks perfect is definitely not perfect. So this seemed like a really fun world to explore. I, I mean, I know that there are brand ambassadors that have a great time and do fun things, but, but as far as a story went and fiction went, it was really fun to just kind of go off the rails a little bit. I noticed in the uh, 
one of the description things that I read, it's compared it to the TV show Unreal, which obviously is interesting to us because we were in reality TV. And so are you a person that watches Unreal or... Or what? I, I have watched it. I love it. I love the two main characters. They're ballsy as shit and fun to watch. And um, but I am curious. Like, is is it scripted? Is there parts of reality TV like with the challenge that do they script stuff? It's not scripted. It's not scripted. No. But there are moments where you feel like you you after I'll say after doing so many of them, you learn what it is that you. Th- that will go on television and what's going in the trash. Yeah. You get a sense for what they want, what they want. Right. Andy Cohen was saying that, um, that if somebody just is people love to hate, but they don't want to hate to hate. So they'll get rid of on like the real housewives. They'll ultimately get rid of characters who are really, really disliked, but they, you know, it's like a level of craziness. That's, just enough to talk about you. Yeah. Exactly. Which is probably why, well, how we feel about, you know, looking at a lot of these um, Instagram and like brand ambassadors where we're like, oh, we're just a jealous enough <laughs> to like want to follow them. Right. You know, yeah. And to keep you interested. But there's a part of you that's like, oh. It's aspirational. Yeah. But you're like, I'm jealous. I actually love to follow. I follow a lot of um, clothing lines and celebrities who post everything from things that I go, Oh, that's like oversharing, but it's still really compelling, you know? And then they, you know, they look gorgeous at events or they're wearing certain things that I want to buy. I mean, it's kind of, it runs the gamut. It definitely pulls you in. And so I follow, you know, I want to know how, cause I did start the book and I was very amazed uh, because I do not have this gift at how you were able to capture the way that these kids talk. Like, how the heck do you do that? I have two <laughs> are that age. And, um, I have actually written with my daughter. Do- my daughter is 21 and my son just turned 19 and I've written with her before where we will write dialogue and she'll say, not this in particular, but other things. Well, she'll say, no, we don't talk like that. Like, that's lame. So um, she did some reading after I wrote the book and gave me notes. But it's just being around them. I'm really, really close to them. Um, they're away at college. My daughter just graduated. And we actually Skype or FaceTime every day. And so I hear about their lives and what they're doing. And uh, I think think I'm pretty hooked into that age, that age group and, uh, and, you know, right around that, that age group. What's your secret for getting your kids to like you? I want to (laughs) know. First of all, they're infinitely more mature than I am on any given day. They tease me mercilessly. Um, I don't know. They're just, they're literally my favorite people in the entire world. And they have been since the moment they were, I feel like I got insanely lucky with them. And usually the parenting helps, but yeah, I I don't know if I could take credit, but I, but sure. Okay. I'll take some credit. (laughs) That's Um, yeah. But you know, we just, I I talk to them about a lot of stuff and then when they don't want to talk about things, I don't, I really don't push. So there are some things that we don't discuss. Well, I was intrigued by your bio because your career sort of followed them 
in a sense. Yeah. Chris going to love this. Some of the things you uh, wrote I saw for. that she was on, worked on Dragon Tales. And- <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so cool because you were doing that when they were that age, yeah? Yes. My kids were watching Dragon Tales when I was writing Dragon Tales. I did girls animation. I did uh, Bratz, but my daughter never played with Bratz, so she was very disinterested. Um and uh, just kind of aged up. But I always wrote at the same time, wrote grown-up stuff while I was writing kids stuff and just tried to keep my hands in both worlds. Was it intentional, though, or coincidence that that was? Um, well, you know, I think all writers will say we want to, we need to eat. So I took jobs that, came along and I love to tell stories. And if it's, if it happens to be an animated dragon, then that was really fun. I, I've written Hallmark Christmas movies. That's been unbelievably fun. Uh, I writing on wacky races right now. I don't know if you remember the show with Dick Dastardly with the mustache and no and the cars. Yeah. It was um, from, I think the seventies I should know. And they just rebooted it. So I've been doing some of that while I do, um, these other things. What's the, I know that writers, they never tell me the secret because I don't know if they know it, but I was like, what's the secret? So, so like when you wrote season airs versus mm-hmm. when you're writing for a kid's I show, I was just going to yeah. ask that, that yes. Cause we need first to know. novel versus a whole history is of other same? kind of writing. Is it the same technique or totally different? Um, writing a book was very different than writing for television. It was really, really different. And this was my first novel. So uh, it was a a really cool, different, um, amazing, and very challenging experience. It seems like it would be brutal. It's, It's brutal at certain times. I mean, if you hit a page, if you hit a blank page, it's that's gnarly and it's not fun and it rarely happens, but, um, that's not fun. And that happens whether you're writing, if you're working on a screenplay or a book, but writing a book, uh, is definitely more detail oriented. And when you write for TV, you really leave a lot of that stuff to the director. And it's, it's almost not cool to write too much description because the director takes care of, of, what happens basically. And I've written plays where there's no description, but a book is, you know, you have to be in the room and, and smell what's in the room and look around and, and notice the details. And that was the biggest difference for me, but characters are characters and that's the most fun to write. And also dialogue is absolutely my favorite thing to write. I, I, if I could have a superpower, I would, be invisible so that I could eavesdrop on everybody's conversations, which I probably do. Sorry if you're sitting (laughs) to me. And my husband always says, you can't hear, I'm sitting in front of you and you can't hear what I'm saying. (laughs) Just notice what the person across the room is saying. You know, it's just, it's, I love conversations. They're interesting and people and yeah, but that's my whole theory is that what makes you interesting is that you're interested in other people. I think that mm-hmm. that's a good trait, mainly because that's what I have. So I'm like real invested <laughs> in that idea. Because yeah. 
curious. You want to know about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I love to know people's stories. I love to make up. I mean, I don't know if you guys do this, but if your places or uh, doing something, if you see somebody and make up their story, um, I make up, you know, I feel like I'm going to be murdered twice a day. And I, when I'm driving down the street, something will happen and I will make it up and like some elaborate thing in my head that is, is a uh, very complicated. So writing a, a suspense book was really fun. Cause I got to really dig like it. almost therapeutic. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Into words instead of it just existing in your mind. Yes, exactly. Is there a character in the book that you really connected to? I think all of the characters, with the exception, there is one character, character Otto, who is really um, a piece of work. All of the characters, all of the season heirs have pieces of me, um, messiness and things that have happened. And uh, I just tried to make them really real so that I could relate to them. I think that Mia, the main character, who is sort of... Uh, the fish out of water felt the most like how I feel in, in life. A lot of the time that I feel like I don't really belong where I am. Um, but you know, Presley is a really fun character. She in college, I had a, a in, in my twenties, my twenties were really wild. Um, these characters are wild. And so it was, it was fun to write them in that way. So I think they all, have pieces of me, but probably Mia the most. And also Mia is, um, she's ballsier than I am. And my daughter is, is she's the ballsiest girl I know. She's just has balls of steel. And so I kind of was inspired by her moxie when I wrote the character of Mia. I know our, our listeners are going to love yeah. reading this because it's like checks all the boxes yeah. of things that they always want. Mystery. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this is the perfect summer book too. Cause there's from what I understand about the book, it seems like there's substance and people are super into like true crime and like figuring out the mysteries and all that, but it's also like fun and it's about the summer. I don't know. I just think it's perfect for our audience. So I'm excited to see what they think of it. I was really happy when it's been called a beach read. I mean, to me, it's somebody, you know, some of the pre-pub press has said it's juicy and fun. And if people can put it in their beach bag and take it to the beach, I'm, you know, I'm super happy about that. I mean, that's great. It's a guilty pleasure. I mean, an unreal, you mentioned unreal. I mean, an unreal is a guilty pleasure and reality TV is a guilty pleasure and, so I, I feel great about that. Well, and it's kind of like almost exposing our guilty pleasures, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being the guilty pleasure, because it's like looking and behind then we can the feel curtain. like above it all. Yeah. We can be like, <laughs> right. Look at us. Yeah. We ask everybody one thing, which is, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? Um, I. Why did I just want to say a body? <laughs> I don't have a body in the back of my car. Uh, I have uh, bags, grocery bags, and a lot of clothes that I need to take to Goodwill that I have not. Oh, I'm mentioning more than one thing. Um, no, you and can't. I, 
I have a beach. I have actually have a beach mat for going to the park and reading and going to the beach. Even though I don't do very often. Are you guys really? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you have? All the same stuff. That's a yeah. good trunk. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like environmentally conscious and you're also like giving, you donate things, but you also want to go to the park and hang out. Yeah. That's real nice. Yeah. You guys should go out sometime. To the park. Honor, <laughs> we'll have a blanket. Um, what else would you tell people about your book? And also, do you can, want to continue writing books? Or are you like, that was check the box and now I'm done? I would love uh, books. I would love to keep writing books. Um, I, it was amazing. I would uh, keep doing it if people want me to do it. I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I just, you know, I want people to enjoy the book. I hope that they are surprised at the ending. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope they get a little bit, you know, there's a, a little bit about social media and the, my sort of love hate relationship with social media. I have both. Um, some days I hate it and I'm still obsessed with it. And I think everybody sort of feels similarly. Um, and the, uh, there's a lot of clues and uh, mystery revelations that come through the social media aspect of the book, which was really fun because that's another thing I think about is things that are caught in posts. And is there someone in the background of a post that could be the part of a crime or somebody who's making out with somebody and that person is married? Like those things are always really interesting, weird things I think about when it comes to posting on Instagram and, and, and Snapchat. Um, and so there's a little bit of that in there too, that I think is, is compelling. Now I'm going to have to follow you on Instagram. Oh, I just posted a really embarrassing picture of me when I was nine, wearing <laughs> a crochet hat that my grandma made me and a vest. Yeah. So, and, and I wanted to delete it immediately when I, put it but I left, I left it on there. Yeah. Why did you want to delete it? I don't know. I do. That happens sometimes. Like I'll put something up and then I'll say, oh, this is stupid or it's boring. Or why did I just do this? Or like, nobody cares. Like who cares? That's the whole thing too. It's like, nobody cares. So I, I want to delete. We and suppose where we're like, everyone will want to yeah, know about this. Definitely should post this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's really fun. And now um, the whole book world and other authors are, it's a really, really supportive world. I mean, other authors that have books coming out or have had books coming out and book bloggers, it's its a really friendly um, arena that I like. And Instagrammers, book, book blogger Instagrammers are great. What is that even to be the case amongst people that are just really into reading? Yeah. Yes. You know, like our book club they created their own Facebook group and they like are so nice to each other, even about stuff that has nothing to do with books. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a nice community. So I imagine it's even more so if you're all in the drudgery of like writing and creating and then promoting, it's a lot. It's a whole big thing. It's a good distraction too. And sometimes, well, sometimes a little too much of a Instagram is a little too much of a distraction. If you don't, want to write or whatever you're supposed to be doing. It's fun to scroll through. We always joke about how whenever you have like a deadline or something, your house is never cleaner. Right. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. 
<laughs> but that's not a bad thing, but it's a good way to kill time. Um, but I, now I really want to read it and I feel like I might have to have a follow up with you to discuss, but, um, I'm excited to read it and I'm really excited for our listeners too, as well. And you're off the hook and we just are glad you came on the show. Thank you so much. And your show is great. I, I, I love the fact that you're just honest and I love the stop being polite, uh, Thank you. I'm going to order a t-shirt because that's that's a really good motto. Light, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always horrifying though when like we talk to people and it's like they've listened or they've heard the show. Like, (laughs) oh my God, what did we talk about on that episode? But we are so glad to have you on and um, to hear about your work. Congratulations on your first book. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being interested in what I have to say. And I don't have a body in the back of my uh, <laughs> car, by the way. I we really did don't. interview, um, what's his, a funeral director and mm-hmm. he, you know, Oh, he had a body. Had a body. Yeah. yeah. He was the only one though. Thankfully he was like, not now, but for, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I will let you know when this is up. Thank you so much. Thanks you guys. Have a good weekend. You, you too. too. Tell okay. Bye. I will for sure. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.